All right, what is up, everybody? Jim to my right, Mr. Mike Griffin across from us. Now, a while back, we did a podcast, Nods with Mike, and it was all about night vision, Jim. A lot of the night vision that you'll see on the table if you're watching on YouTube right now. Um, another story, personal story, Jim. I remember one time I called you, and I'm like, oh, what are you up to? And you're like, oh, I was out, I was out at the farm driving my truck around wearing night vision. And I was like, God, that sounds cool. Like that just that just sounds really cool and I'm really not fun. Lie, it was. What? I'm not gonna lie, it was. I don't claim to be a cool person, but in that moment, I was. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, so I think we've answered that question. That night vision is cool, mm-hmm. but we're we're here to answer another question, Mike. Is it worth it? And maybe that depends on who and how they're using it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, I, I am obviously going to tell you that it's worth it, right? But I'm <laughs> you were very also biased. trying to talk me into a three thousand dollar laser, Mike. Yeah, thirty five hundred. But oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was rounding down. I shouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> Not a night. That's how. That's how I work when I'm trying to uh, explain maybe the purchase talk to myself into it. But yeah, oh, okay. You know, like oh, it's three, not thirty five. But either way, I don't think I'm getting it. Anyway, uh, Mike, who's like I said. Who are the types of people who need night vision? And that one group of those people could be you just want it. That's a satisfactory answer. Sure. Um, who does it make sense for? Is it worth it? How are people using it? So I think you got to separate like need versus want, right? Like there's people that are professional users that are expected to be able to perform kind of around the clock. Like, you know, they work for... Uh, the military, or they work in specialty units in law enforcement, and they're expected to be able to respond regardless of the environment, right? Um, They need night vision. Um, And then you have to decide, like, do you need night vision or do you want night vision? And make a decision about, like, where does it fall in your priority spectrum? Um, You know, like, what I tell people when they're like, man, you got a lot of night vision stuff is like, yeah, some people have, like, hot rods or boats. I have night vision stuff. Okay. Um, so I've prioritized night vision over other interesting hobbies, right? And um, I would I would I say I necessarily like need it? No. Um, I, I could, you know, in the today's day and age, like I could survive without having night vision. Uh, I think it's a good like skill set to have. Um, you know, you can take that in a bunch of different directions, but. If you look at like what the Second Amendment is about, and your ability, you're talking to, me into it with that, right? Uh, and you're you're you look back at like defend yourself and your community um, and and the country, then like having the maybe not the latest and greatest because you know we don't have like fusion goggles or panos up here, but um, you know having like a capability that's similar to our professional military uh, as, a, as an individual. Like, to me, yeah, night vision is an important thing to have, or at least have access to, right? Uh, but because you have to pay for it yourself, like there isn't, you don't go down to the night vision, you know, holding facility and, you know, pick out your issued, you know, one citizen, one piece of night vision piece of equipment. Um, you got to make a decision. Like, is it more important for me to have a good solid carbine and, you know, some ammo uh, and the time, effort and money invested in practice? 
or um, can I do all of that stuff and then add on the capability of night vision? Um, and that's just for kind of, you know, being a response, being a, a gun owner that is at the core of the Second Amendment. Um, and then we get into all, like all the fun stuff of, you know, going out and shooting night vision competition, um, hunting with night vision, just simply like having a good time with friends, you know, driving around your property or driving around wherever. Um, there's actually a lot of people that use night vision to look at stars. So like stargazing, which I think is interesting. It is fascinating. Interesting. First time you flip them on and look yeah. up in the sky at night. And like you can see so much more um, under image intensification. I do so, want, I want to point something out really, really quick. I liked Mike's or like, I mean, you can invest, you know, is it more important to invest in night vision or your carbine and training? Like it wasn't like a big screen TV. It's like the next, you know, obvious thing would be like, oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Right. I mean, if you're not going to spend the money on a carbine, I guess you could spend it on a pistol or just keep going down <laughs> the list of other yeah. gun stuff that you can spend it on. And you did answer my question, you know, in those more professional settings, would you say, is it? often or always the case like you have uh, a channel like providing these tools to you or are sometimes are you required to purchase them yourself yeah so generally speaking if you work for a you know professional organization that has made a decision to have night vision as a capability it's provided by the organization now that being said there are law enforcement officers that have gone out and purchased their own night vision you know, maybe it's a patrol guy that works nights and he has an interest in night vision. And so he picks up like a PVS 14 or a set of dual tubes and he carries them in his patrol bag and he has it to augment, you know, his, all the other tools that he has, but it's not paid for by the department. That's, I don't know of any department that like mandates individual officers purchase a set of night vision. That is a choice that that officer has made in order, you know, just like, Hey, I decided to buy you know, X, Y, Z piece of gear that makes my job. Easier. I suppose even a set of binoculars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, cause ultimately like, what are we talking about? Like this is a optic, it's a electro optic, you know, it, um, it's a fancy optic. Which but, one are you holding there right so now? So that's a PVS 31. Okay. Um, you know, or this, uh, PVS 14. So, you know, like ultimately it just lets you see better, right? Um, you're still, you know, looking at light, you're not looking at, we don't have any thermal up here. Um, you're not looking at like thermal energy, but you're just looking at light. You're just looking at light, you know, in the addition of, uh, the IR spectrum. So, um, yeah. So generally speaking, you're talking about like most professional organizations are going to provide that stuff. Some people have said, and I, you know, it's like, Hey, they have an awareness of night vision and an interest and they made the decision to, to purchase that thing, but it wasn't like a mandate. Like some agencies will say, well, you have to purchase your own pistol or right. You know? Okay. Gotcha. I've never heard of an agency that mandates that night vision is purchased. It's just guys. I've talked to guys that have been like, yeah, you know, I work nights. I made a decision to buy like a 14 so that, um, if they pull up on a scene that's questionable or something, they can like scan an area with a little more, um, advantage in their favor, you know, that sort of thing or, um, any other reasons that they, you know, context where they might apply that because they were interested in night vision, right? Mm. And they saw the the benefits of it, but their agency wasn't will- willing to spend the money on it. We've talked sometimes uh, in the past, maybe it was in the Nods with Mike episode, we talked about thermal and night vision. Thermal has a lot of advantages because you can see heat signatures 
anywhere, regardless of the time of day. Correct. So, you know, sometimes when I think about that capability, and you're talking about, especially anytime that equipment like night vision or thermal comes out, it's in order to be able to see something that you otherwise with the naked naked eye would have a hard time or, or no possibility of seeing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, you brought up one thing that seems like pretty much the ultimate answer, which is, like, integrated, where it's it's thermal and night vision integrated. But if, if you're choosing the either or, sometimes I think to myself, I, I can go through in my head a reason why I would pick thermal over night vision, because I'm thinking, like, uh, you know, if I'm hunting coyotes or something like that, which can be... Even I would I would venture to guess unless I had some crazy illuminator it'd be hard to see a coyote even in in the dark yeah. because if you're looking out at some field um you know and you, and there's a coyote unless it's like moving or unless you see the glimmer in its eyes or something like that with the nods like it's kind of like gray on gray or like that you know corn stubble color on corn stubble in a field or something like that it still might be mm-hmm. hard to see whereas if I pulled up a thermal boom there it is so like. There's some instances that I can see thermal would make sense over night vision, but like when, when does night vision make sense over thermal? Where you're like, there's just the, night vision is just better at insert thing here. I'm thinking about even like a guy rolling up on the scene, like a whether it was some professional use, and he's looking for a bad guy. You know, sometimes in my head I'm kind of like, well, I feel like thermal would be pretty slick at that because then you're not really leaving it up to your eye. You're just sort of like, nope. There's like a a bright red or a bright white like. Humanoid figure crouching over there. Yeah. So I think, and Thermal's getting better about this. Um, Thermal was always really good at like detection mm-hmm. and not so great at like target ID or discrimination. Mm-hmm. And so if you, <clears throat> but now Thermal has improved substantially to where like some of the images that I, like I don't have, I'm not heavily invested in Thermal. And so yet. we, yeah, we just had this conversation of like, I feel like the market changes so fast in thermal that it's really hard to make a purchase where I'm like, yeah, I'm sold on, um, that's going to be a good purchase. That's going to carry me that I'm going to be happy with for like the next five years. Um, without being like, Hey, I bought this thing. And then 18 months later, I'm buying something different. Right. Um, but the, uh, thermal sensors and the processors are so much better than they were that now within reasonable distances, like you can pick out pretty well-defined features of whatever it is that you're looking at. And so that is better. I think the thing that night vision excels at is the ability to like signal under night vision, but also interact with your environment at a little bit better, um, pace. So what do you mean signal? So like I can't point a laser at something under thermal and have somebody or I can't point a laser at something and have somebody under thermal see that. Does that make gotcha. sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because it's not if it's not emitting a heat signature of yeah. some sort, then it's just not going to show up. Even if it's a bright light, it's not going to show Correct. up. You would have to shine something at a target and it would have to create a thermal difference, either make it hotter or colder um, for the thermal camera to see what you're pointing at. So when you look at like um, some thermal units will have a laser attached to it, either biz or IR, so that it's co-lined with the, you know, reticle that's in in the device. So that like if Mark and I were working together, um, I could, you know, look at it with thermal, I could hit a button, 
point a laser at it and then he could either see it in the visible spectrum or he could see it under nods mm-hmm. um but it's there isn't a good way for me to like point something out you know under ir um to him under thermal so i would have to like talk him on to it integrated heat ray or freeze ray yeah there you go freeze Done. ray yeah. i don't know why no one's thought of that yet um but the the other issue is like generally speaking thermal is not as great for like interacting what i call interacting with your environment so like if i had to you know like run through a terrain area like the thermal is not as good Mm -hmm. as night vision particularly you know like analog night vision um there's no lag um i'm not reliant on there being like different levels of heat which like i said thermal is getting substantially better and there's people that will use like a thermal over one eye and an eye squared device over the other um, and their brain kind of meshes the two together or um, people will use you know a set of dual tube uh, thermals like two monocular thermal devices over and they do pretty well with it but there's still limitations to it and so to me like if i was running around you know field or whatever um, some environment i would rather have the i squared device mm-hmm. and you can go really quickly from seeing something to shooting too it's yeah. like if you have the dual skeeters or whatever they call them on your face the thermal set up on your helmet then like now I have you to... can run around and okay great i see something but if i pull my carbine up or my firearm up in some form or fashion i'm not gonna be able to aim with those i'm gonna have yeah. to like flip them up and then use whatever other sighting system i have yeah and so i think like for law enforcement guys you know, it's kind of expensive to get a fusion device or a clip-on thermal imager. So, you know, even if you were to get like a good quality PVS-14 and put like a Cody uh, clip-on thermal imager on it, you know, if you were to put like the least expensive thermal imager, clip-on thermal imager in the market onto a moderately priced 14, you're still like seven, $8,000 in, right? Yeah. Um, There's really no cheap but way to do it. But if you... I will say, like, a handheld thermal is nice if you're doing, like, a search for somebody, that sort of thing. And so if you can, like, detect, hey, there's a heat signature over there, and then you say, all right, like, I'm going to scan all the area around it and make sure that there isn't another heat signature that I'm not, like, walking up on an animal, and there's a bad guy that's watching me walk up on the animal, (laughs) Um, then you can, you know, coordinate your plan to move up and uh, handle that problem under white light, right? Mm-hmm. And you just transition to white light. You're still getting a lot of valuable information. You are, there. yeah. Because um, it is hard to hide from thermal. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's difficult um, to hide from thermal. It's particularly dur- difficult to hide from thermal and be have, like, any level of mobility. So there's, like, camos and things and, you know, methods out there to block your heat signature. They generally don't lend themselves well for like moving around a whole bunch. Okay. So, mm. um, so yeah, like thermal is very valuable. And I think for people that are going to strictly hunt, like cool, man. Yeah. Like jump on the thermal bandwagon and it, the technology is moving at a very, very rapid pace. It's improving dramatically. For um, a person who is hunting, does it also make sense to have night vision as well? Like, would that be like the ultimate combo or are you going to be able to get by with white light and thermal? So my preference is to have both access to both. And 
but now you get into budget. Like, how much am I going to spend? So I would rather have, like, at least binocular night vision, and that way I can, like, navigate an area, and I don't have to turn on white light. At most, I would have to turn on IR energy, right, using, like, a, a laser or an LED-based illuminator so that I can, you know, see uh, the terrain better. And then when you get up to wherever you're going to do whatever you're going to do, you know, hunt, you get into your hide site or tree stand or whatever, um, then you can transition over to thermals. You still have like head mounted night vision, so you can have situational awareness. If you need to, you can flip them down, but, um, then you can transition over to like a weapon mounted thermal unit. Um, and ideally you would have like a weapon mounted thermal unit with a laser on it. So if you needed to, you could point out stuff with IR energy to anybody that's under nods. You don't have to talk them on, you know, um, and but you can still detect and engage stuff with a thermal unit. So, isn't there like that's a lot of money? I don't know if it's everywhere or in certain states or whatever. But if you're hunting with, if if you think you're going to go out and hunt with nods and then use like an an IR illuminator pointer of some sort to then shoot with, I think that's a no no in a number of areas because you're emitting a laser to you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's definitely there's... states that have limitations on like electronics on guns whether it be you know even any kind of emission you know outside of like hey you light up a reticle Um, and i think even some states you're not supposed to have like illuminated reticles is that right like i'm not a big hunter but i mean either not at all or or the battery has to be removed or you know things of that nature yeah there's some some stuff like that going on now i will say i i think again like each state's regulations are going to be so specific to that state and and changing, right? So it's kind of difficult to fully nail down. But a lot of those things are, um, you know, intended for like, you know, your general big game seasons, like your game species. You know, some of these things, depending on the state, you can use for like things like, you know... Um, Coyotes, hogs, things that are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's gonna there's oftentimes Rakins. I believe some delineation there, but sure. again, you, boy, you better be you better be checking into it just to yeah. make sure you're. It's good to know for sure before you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've just we've talked about night vision, but of course, and and this was all in in the episode that we discussed. But you know, it, night vision is made better significantly by having other accessories to go with it, like an illuminator of some sort, like an aiming laser, and you know, that's where, um, you know, I think that the person that like if we talk about the person that this is intended for, I mean, part of the other thing is just somebody who is, even if you fall within, I feel like the. Uh, demographic of people that it could make sense to have night vision. You also just have to assess your your own personality and interest levels and stuff like that. Because, I mean, Mike, you can attest. Night vision, you don't just buy it and instantly know how to use it, no. or you don't just like buy. Or you don't like, you know, you don't just figure out because you read the manual how to turn it on and where to put the batteries and then just start using it like you've been using it your whole life. You know, yeah. It, it's there's a learning curve to it. It may just be seeing in the dark. But it's not just seeing in the dark. Yeah, so the majority, I'll talk about 95% plus of the devices that are out there in the, that are accessible to the consumer, right? Um, You have 40 degrees field of view, 
Um, you're looking in either shades of green or shades of like a grayish white, right? Um, and you have a manual focus. Mm-hmm. So you're, you got to get accustomed to like operating in 40 degrees field of view. You got to get accustomed to operating in shades of, uh, you know, single color. And um, you got to get accustomed to like, hey, not everything, very rarely is is anything going to be in perfect focus unless I'm like starting a drill and I'm going to perfectly focus my right. nods to that drill and complete the drill and then, then be done. As soon as I turn my head, stuff is not in perfect focus anymore. You got to get used to having a thing sticking four to five inches off in yeah. front of your face. and You're seeing the world five inches in front of your face, yeah. not where you're accustomed to. So if yeah. you stick your head too far around a corner, you know, part of your equipment is hanging out in front of that corner. If you get in and out of vehicles, yeah. you're going to, yeah, it's easy to bang right. So it's just like, if I just think that that's important to mention, because I think some people will be like, I need to get nods. And then maybe they go out and they spend a bunch of money on it, but they don't realize that there's, tra- it, there's a level of training and just like, Practice. getting used to it, yeah. practice that is involved. And if you're not into that, you know, if you're already trying to just keep up on your training with a regular carbine and a regular daytime optic and stuff like that, you know, maybe not, maybe not the right time to just jump in all at once. Yeah. So I would definitely, you know, we talked about it kind of at the beginning of this, like look at kind of what you want, what you want your path to be and what your purpose is in investing, you know, time and effort. Maybe it's just, you want to have fun. Like I have sold night vision to people that are like, yeah, man, like I want to have cool guy stuff and they buy a bunch of guns and they buy night vision and helmets and all the stuff. And then I talked to them like six months later and they're like, yeah, man, it's really fun to take that out of the boat and you can see all the stuff on the water and the <laughs> stars and the whatever. And like, that's 85, 90% of their usage is taking it out on the boat with their friends and like showing their friends this cool thing that they've got. Like, okay, man. Cool, man. Like, uh, well, you know, your personal budget and discretionary income. Yeah. Obviously comes into play there. Yeah. And, and like you said earlier, like, is it a priority for you? You know, I do, I do have a question. So like a lot of people interested in like home defense, right? Um, is night vision part of your home defense strategy, Mike? Is that something you keep at the ready with your carbine or pistol? Or I declined to answer that question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, the <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't realize that was a person. Do you have question. a master kill switch for all the electricity in your house next to your bed? Yes. Um, that's, yeah. the, that's really actually the yeah. first question. Then you. Ask the <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, I mean, I have night vision that's very close at hand when I'm at home, right? Like I don't have, I don't generally have my stuff like, you know, stored where it's a very difficult to access, right? Um, I don't store my stuff with like the batteries out and that sort of thing because I probably put my hands on my night vision more than the average person, right? Um, that being said, the the guns that I have that are, if something were to happen, like if I went home this afternoon and somebody kicked in my front door, that gun doesn't have a laser on it, and I don't have a helmet with nods sitting next to it. Gotcha. I have a white light and a red dot sight, and that's it. Now, that being said, like this stuff isn't very far away. 
So I if something know, were like, to happen, yeah, some um, people might that have was their, bigger. They're snuggy, you know, and their and their book light. It comes with a book light, and I didn't know if like Mike had a snuggy and like, but like nods I said or instead. Nods. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't. I wouldn't say that it's not possible. Because I have lived in places in the country where natural disasters have occurred and we've been without power for substantial amounts of time. And I broke out my nods and a rifle that had a laser on it. And I could see everything that was going on in a completely pitch black neighborhood Hmm. um, that nobody else could see. Uh, You know, particularly like, hey, generators are going off for the night. People are going to bed and I have the ability to like, look outside and see if there's anybody moving around versus the people who turned all their stuff off and they don't have any lights on in their house. They don't have any lights on around their house. None of the grid is up, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of the kind of traditional, you know, breaking and entering and hours when people are normally home, I don't have the stuff laid out next to my nightstand. I have a rifle with a white light and a red dot sight, very vanilla, you know, um, and, and some other stuff. And like, that's my solution for that problem. Which mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool because that's a fairly like simple, streamlined, clean, yeah. relatively inexpensive sure. solution to handle yeah. a lot of things that could potentially come up. Yeah. I feel like too, I mean, I mean, again, from my perspective, yeah, nods kind of, they don't take forever. Like it's, you know, it's, it's not the longest process to put your helmet on, flip your nods down, clip your buckle, all that stuff, and then like turn them on and stuff. But you got a kid down the hall and you just heard your door get kicked in. And I know my house with my eyes closed anyway. Like I would rather get to my kid first before dinking around with a helmet or like, you know, throwing a vest on or just get turning into like a Navy SEAL all of a sudden because like I'd rather just montage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, They always make it seem so fast with all the cuts, but, uh, and all the Velcro. Trying to get that buckle. Damn editing. (laughs) I thought this was going to be And you got to get your boots on in a very dramatic, you know, pull the laces. Mm, Take care of the important stuff. And then, to Mike's point, I mean, if if your equipment just isn't isn't far away, then you can sort of get yourself to your, uh, you know, get yourself sorted mm-hmm. first with the important stuff, and then yeah. focus on waging war or whatever it is you're going to do. So, okay, quick question: We're already way over time. Oh yeah, we've destroyed. The- um, if a person said to themselves. Yes, night vision is worth it. And maybe the, maybe it's just depends. But, like, what would be, like, that first, like, entry point? Like, if, man, if I was going to get my first piece of night vision kit, I've determined I want this, I need it, or just want it, maybe you just want it. Like, what do you go with first? I would probably go with either a entry level, so not the nicest, you know, most amazing image tube. Uh, or a refurb unit. So I've recently seen more refurb units of the PBS 14 on the market. Mm-hmm. Sub, you know, 20, sub $3,000, some, some of them sub $2,500 and which kind of blows my mind. Cause like if, I'd say three or four years ago, you could get that stuff under $1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I would get an entry level PBS 14. I would spend the money 
to go ahead. I would try and find a dealer that would just sell me the unit and not all the GI, uh, like arm and that sort of thing. I would go ahead and spend the money on Wilcox mount and J arm because it is superior in my opinion. And then I would make a decision of like, is a ballistic helmet worth it to you or not? So I was talking to somebody recently, they wanted to get a helmet and a set of ear pro and they were going to use it with nods. And I was like, yeah, man, like which, uh, which helmet are you looking at? And they said, well, just a bump helmet. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's a decision. It's substantially less expensive, right? It's lighter, better ventilation. Uh, but are you ever, do you ever envision a time where you might need the protection of a ballistic helmet? Are you going to train in a shoot house with you know, a bunch of random people? Um, are you going to like ever be in a situation where you would be happy that you had a ballistic helmet <laughs> disaster, whatever, just look at the world, right? Uh, would you ever be in a situation that you would rather have a ballistic helmet? I've always said yes. So I have always purchased ballistic helmets. Okay. Um, I have some bump helmets that are night vision capable, but they're like rope rescue, technical rescue helmets. Okay. Uh, that, mm-hmm. Like team Wendy makes a helmet that is oddly very similar to their bump helmet, but it's in like red, you know, color okay. instead of tan or multicam. And it'll take a set of night vision on it. Like it has the, uh, the pocket for a night vision mount, but I've always gone with ballistic helmets cause it's like, Hey, I'm just going to make the investment. I have the protection there. I'll suck it up. The fact that it weighs more and it doesn't have good ventilation. It offers me protection. Um, so like that's the determination you've got to make, but invest in a good quality helmet or a good quality way to mount night vision to your head. So I probably wouldn't do it for like a beginner because I don't want you to have a poor experience with night vision, but like this is the cry skull cap and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of other companies that make very similar uh, things. And I had, I bought this long after I had ballistic helmets and that sort of thing. The nice thing about this is I can fold it up and stick it in a pocket or a backpack with all the mounting stuff with either a 14 or a set of dual tubes. It's very compact. So when I travel anywhere within the United States where I wouldn't violate ITAR issues, um, I have at least this setup right here. Okay. So PBS 14, the JR and the mount, and a skull cap. I have at least that, and I can stick that in a pocket and walk through wherever until I need it, and I can throw it on. Um, so, like, I just recently went on a trip uh, to the northeast, and I had that in my backpack. I walked around the city all day, and it, mainly because I didn't want to leave it at the hotel before I could check in with my bags. But, you know, I had it the entire time. I didn't have any weapons or anything um, that would be obvious as a weapon. But I had the ability to, like, see in the dark without becoming an um, obvious signal to others. Mike, so. I've got another personal question. <laughs> okay. Are you scared of the dark? A little bit terrified, actually. <laughs> um, so there, now it's out. Okay. Yeah, it's out. You, you figured me out. Uh, maybe that's Are you scared of the dark? If yes, yeah, night, spend night all your money on Get some stuff. So I just, every time I, I think about like these conversations, I think about that old saying, um, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is like king or whatever. Sure. And it's like, Hey, here's the deal. Um, if I can see and other people can't, 
then I have an advantage on them. Now, night vision is becoming more and more prevalent, which is a good thing. But it also means that like more people have that resource to be able to see. Sure, but Kinda it is like evens the odds a little bit. It does. Yeah, you know. But I will also say like the improvements within the product um, have grown substantially just in the last five years compared to like when I got into night vision in the early 2000s, it just stagnated and was, you kind of saw the same stuff for Hmm. five or 10 years. And it wasn't until I'd say like the early 20 teens, right. That stuff started picking up in the commercial market and development of things uh, really ramped up. And some people might say, well, we were at war for a really long time and uh, certain end users in the military were like, hey, we want this, we want this, et cetera. And things were making changes. But, you know, if you look at, so this is a commercially available housing, like that's a pretty awesome housing. If you handed that to somebody that was in the, you know, military in like 1999, they would think you just handed them something pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, they were happy to have this, you know, PVS 14. You're referring there to the DT DTMBS um, versus a PBS 14. I don't have like a PBS 7 on here. But, you know, like there's been a lot of stuff that has occurred and improved. And that's strictly because more, in my opinion, I think a lot of those advancements came out of more consumer involvement. Okay. So Interesting. Not cool. just strictly military end users and them pushing for you know, better functionality, lighter weight, et cetera, that absolutely had an impact. But when you look at like all the consumer involvement in the night vision space, it's really driven, uh, you know, advancements in particularly the user interface, less so the image intensification tubes. I think a lot of that came on the, you know, military side, but the, um, the user interface, housings, mounts, those sorts of things. When the consumer market gets involved in stuff, it usually gets better yep. more quickly, I will say. That's what happened with ARs, yep. and that's what's yeah. happened with optics. And, I mean, I've granted people, like, the consumer market has always gotten involved in op- optics, but, like, tactical-oriented optics, that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's pretty interesting when you get people who, I don't, I don't know. It's like a combination of just people who are just passionate about stuff. It's their hobby, and they just keep tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. And most of the time when you're a regular consumer, of course, you're able to tinker while not being shot at. And so you have a little bit yeah. more time to think about like really, really specific and uh, and little tiny details. Uh, so, yeah. Well, and I, th- I would assume that the variety of situations that, consumers are using you know things like this and kind of help that development too it's like oh we wouldn't have thought about using it that way but yeah. maybe there yeah. is an application you know i yeah. mean just some some interesting crossover there jim the um the the 10 minute shot the shot clock screen it just turned off it's gone it's, it's gone it's, it's gone dark maybe we need a little a little night vision it to get that thing the, uh to see it to be able to yeah. see it the yeah. clock doesn't go to that the, the odometer rolled over yeah <laughs> The good news is I've got another question, though. <laughs> okay. I'm not surprised, Mark. We talked about this beforehand. You had a whole list of questions. I said, Mark, this is a 10-minute talk. And you said, okay, we'll just do like one. And you just, Pulsed. the longer that clock was going, I could just tell the more you were just like, screw it. I've barely even talked. Uh, For a person who says, oh, boy, 
I think night vision is worth it to me. I'd sure like to try some night vision. Maybe I want to uh, further, I guess, you know, define whether I do or don't need it. Or maybe you've defined that, gosh, I don't have the funds for it, but I'd like to do some work with night vision. Are there any creative ways a person can test these things out, Mike? Yes. And this is part of greater consumer involvement. For one, you can always come down to Vortex Edge and take a class. I thought I could beat you into that one. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we will loan you gear. Uh, it's you know free of charge. You just have to pay for the tuition to attend the night vision carving class. What's, so that, you, what's that about, about run a guy? Generally, no hard numbers, but it's around five hundred bucks for bucks for yeah, two days. For two days, okay. It's a silly low price. Yeah. yeah. So all you have to do is show up with the stuff for like a standard carving class, and we will loan you helmet mount nods laser. So you show up with carving mags ammo, and we will loan you the rest of the gear to be successful in class. If you show up with stuff, I I would honestly rather you show up to class with like just standard carving stuff, not make any purchases, and then see what you like of the things that we have to offer. So we will loan you a set of DTMVS with Wilcox mounts, a helmet, and um, most we have mostly maul lasers, but we have a couple of others like Engals and... Uh, some other stuff that we can we can loan you for lasers, and um, I'd rather you get that experience and then make a purchasing decision after class, than feel like hey I got to buy a bunch of stuff to go to this class and I don't want to be the only guy that's borrowing gear or whatever, and then be committed financially to gear that you're not happy with Th- after that, you're done with class. Yeah, right when you're done with the class, you go oh I should have gone. Route, route A or B. Yeah. And a lot of times those individuals get quote unquote cheap stuff, which is still like five grand, and then they really don't like it because it was the cheap stuff. Yeah. So, and then, but they're still out five grand, which totally sucks. Yeah. And then they have to fight with like either, you know, trying to sell it or yeah. whatever. Um, so, I would rather people that aren't already committed. You know, they've, they haven't already purchased something. Just show up to the class. We'll loan you the stuff. We'll make sure that you're, you know, like successful and know how to use it and that sort of thing. And then you can go off and make purchasing decisions. And if we can help you after the fact, then cool. And we're, you know, I mean, like everybody has some bias, but um, like, like we don't sell night vision stuff. We don't sell lasers. So I'm going to tell you the laser that I like. Part of it is a show and tell. I try to show you all the stuff that we can pull together. And that way you get to see, uh, you know, as much, many different things, many different lasers, many different you know types of image tubes, et cetera. And that way you can go off and make an educated decision. We're, I, to my knowledge, we're the only people that um, advertise, hey, you can come and get, uh, use free gear. There's other places that will, so the other option is train with other companies. They'll, they'll potentially rent you stuff. And then becoming more common is like night vision events. And you can show up and it's like a demo day or a demo night okay. uh, for night vision. So you get to look at like clip on devices, helmet mounted devices, lasers, et cetera. Maybe there's a little competition component to it. You know, you shoot like a nighttime match and there's a couple of dealers there that will show off gear, that sort of thing. Oh, Those cool. are becoming more prevalent. And so if you want to get into night vision or you just want to like play with the stuff and see the stuff, look for a night vision event in your area. I'm not involved in any of them. Uh, you know, as like a, 
a vendor or I don't I don't know that Vortex sponsors so much stuff it's hard to keep up with all the events. I don't know that we sponsor any of them to mm-hmm. like point them to, but like I see them on social media and you'll probably see me at some at some point. But um that's a great low cost of entry option to get to check stuff out. And you get a face-to-face interaction with a dealer, right? And you get to feel get a feel for like, hey, are these good guys or is this you know, snake oil, whatever. So I think that's the other option for getting to check this stuff out. Cool. Cool. Well, well, there you have it. Is night vision worth it? Yes. Mike says yes. And I'd say overall, after we've, uh, you know, demolished the 10 minute talk shot clock here, uh, it's up to the individual. It's up to you. But then there's some really cool ways to try it. Maybe that's even enough. Maybe that'll scratch the itch. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really hard question to answer. I mean, it comes down definitively I mean, as, as, for so many things. It's like, you know, personal budget. You know, it, personal budget. Yeah, yeah. but you like, know your 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 personal needs, and then where you prioritize it. I don't know if I like when people the first thing they bring up about night vision is the budget, though, because like. If you really want something and you can and well and you can orchestrate and sometimes fabricate a need for it that is actually legitimate or whatever it is. But if you really want something, like Well, that's where I came know, to prioritizing I mean, it though. Like then yeah. you're prioritizing it. Yeah. I just yeah, I just don't know how I feel about when people like want something super bad. Now, unless it's like I want a private island really bad or something like that, you know, and it's kind of like, all right, awesome. well, there's some budgetary stuff there. You got for a, sure. you got enough night vision, maybe you just trade, maybe you trade a guy. It. I was gonna say take it. Oh, we could take it. Um, is that bad, my man? But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like okay, I'm if not. You, if you I'm want not, it that bad, I'm, I'm not. Uh, what is it? Condoning or uh, saying Piracy? people should yeah. do criminal activity? By the way, but you can you can deconstruct your life a little bit and figure out where you're wasting money because everybody is how many streaming services do you have that you don't watch you know how many it's classic how many garbage coffee drinks do you drink a day like <laughs> that you it's just you can make it happen it's just, so do you want it or do you not want it and if you want it then just make it happen make some sacrifices yeah don't get the uh the pumpkin spice triple Latte, half calf, with a twist. Don't do that, Mark. <laughs> I try to tell you. Don't I don't listen. get those. You don't listen. Drink Big fan. Regular coffee. Mark's whole house is pumpkin spice right now. That's made up. His desk is too. That's made October up. October first hits and his whole desk turns burnt orange. That's made up. It's best season. And you don't have a vest on. Aren't you a big vest guy? I, you know what? People commented on that today. Like it is, like it is vest season. It today is. would have been yeah. optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, great with your pumpkin spice latte. The thing I will say, night vision is not a replacement for like foundational firearm skills. So don't, don't feel like, oh hey, I've got the gear. And we touched on this earlier. Like I've got the gear. It automatically means you have a capability. So like don't. Don't just just jump in and say, hey, I bought a rifle. I'm not going to train with that, but I'm going to buy night vision, and now I'm a capable like person. There you you need to invest your time in you know, the skill in the daytime. If you want to get into night vision, get into night vision. 
and then invest your time into making that a capability mm-hmm. as well. And it's not just the shooting component. It's like go out and use it. I always talk about taking like the trash or going and playing with the dog, but just go out, <clears throat> use the stuff, get accustomed to it. You need to spend at least a few hundred hours under nods before you should be comfortable, uh, you know, playing around with your environment. There you go. Become proficient. All the trainings. Take take the the night vision course at Edge, and then all the other courses as well, and mm-hmm. you'll be set. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Jim. Thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully, we've answered your question. Is night vision worth it? Like Mike said seven times, his answer is yes. <laughs> What's your answer? Let us know. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.